One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we just get into the Seg Chasers Rugby podcast, um, can I just say, JB, compliments on looking more rugby than I've ever seen a man look. Thank you very much. <laughs> really worth it. Phil, all could you describe his get-up? Uh, so, Hunter Wellies, yep. uh, cords, yep. blue, blue cords, uh, a nice zip-up woolen, zip-up uh, woolen... Chunky knit. Yeah, chunky knitwear. Mm-hmm. And one of the most incredible hats I've ever seen. Is it's, it is it kangaroo leather, that? It is kangaroo leather, yeah. It's a, uh, where is it? Cuda traders, very very nice. It's lovely. It's my it's, dog walking attire. It suits you, Jay. And yes. he's holding uh, a bunch of keys uh, which have a Volvo key on them that, as well. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> what we're talking about. And so made we, it. <laughs> no further ado, let's get into some rugby in the latest Egg Chasers podcast. Oh oh, pod on three. One two three. Pod. pod. I'm Tim. The rugby clad man to my right sitting in front of me is JB as you've heard good day Tim and Phil's here as well hi Tim right uh, Phil you're wearing some lovely Canterbury uh, get up equally it, rugby it's nice isn't and, it and look at this Canterbury as well oh, oh very lovely. nice they do very some nice. great stash they do do some great <laughs> stash uh, thanks very much for downloading we're on the ACAST app we're on iTunes you should subscribe and then you'll get every episode of the podcast delivered straight to you you don't even have to bother with that so uh I, I want to start with this, gents. England's Six Nations performance was unacceptable, was one of the headlines that came out following last Said weekend. Who? Said who? Said the, the head of the RFU. Did yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. What, what's his name? And various other people. I can't even remember now. It's like, it doesn't really matter, but basically they said uh, not winning the Six Nations, even on points, was unacceptable. It's almost like they forget that other teams are trying to win it as well. It's not like an abject failure. There are other teams trying to play. Martin Corey came out and echoed the sentiment and said, yeah, Completely agree. It's unacceptable. Martin Corry, after his stint in the England captaincy, can keep quiet <laughs> and stick to his Holland and Barrett adverts. <laughs> Richard Wigglesworth came out and said, yep, yeah, it's fair cop. And do you know what? I, I think my reaction was, hey, that's a bit harsh. I actually now think about it. That's what a team that won a win a World Cup mm. should say. I don't know. Is that we're not, yeah. ha- we're not happy that we didn't win every game. The choice of language is interesting. Mm. It's unacceptable. It, it's disappointing, certainly. But to say it's unacceptable when Ireland, the the strongest they've been in, well, as far as I can remember, Wales are not exactly weak, and then the resources that France have available to them, although they're obviously underperforming, it's hardly unacceptable. It's just, it's a bit disappointing given where England want to be. The question should be, is that England team playing at its full potential? And I'd say probably against Wales, they... They probably did, actually. Certainly in the, the second half, yeah. yeah. They, they, they really did. But then in patches against France, they did. And in patches against, for the rest of the tournament, they did. But I think, 
I think England's strategy for winning the World Cup is if they speak enough about winning the World Cup, they will win the World Cup. <laughs> They've got all the management lingo and... Uh, I, I saw that uh, Clive Woodward came out and he echoed that sentiment as well. But he always... Yeah, he brings, can say what he wants. Oh, but yeah, he, he always can. brings it back to, like, what we did when what we, we did. won it. Nope. And that was... It's 12 years where everything's moved on. I don't know. It's a different... He can say what he wants. He, has, he has earned the right yeah, to say what yeah. the hell he wants, I guess. But I suppose we couldn't have Im- hoped... Well, we could have hoped, but we were never going to get a weekend of rugby like we got in the final weekend of the Six Nations, but... Well, the um, first 20 minutes of this weekend was awesome, and then it went downhill. Then it went downhill, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it finished. I was at the AJ Bell Stadium for Sale v Gloucester. Oh, goodness me. Which was a bit of a damp squib of a match in every sense. I, I, was, I was there because my, my lad was playing at half-time in the, in the tag rugby. How did he get on? Um, yeah, good. He, 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 do you know what? I was, I was, did he get him signed up? I couldn't have... Been, no, 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 generally, <laughs> I, I was really proud of him because the team that they were playing against didn't have enough for two teams to play tag and he volunteered to go on their team nice which, yeah. I, which I, I just sort of thought he's seven years old i just thought yeah oh, good lad. rugby attitude yeah that, good rugby it? attitude yeah this isn't quite rugby attitude let the boys play still. is what he was saying <laughs> exactly what you're saying uh we went to Birkenhead. no we didn't we went to new brighton away with the second team and i was dropped to the bench so i was utilizing the spirits of rugby by trying to persuade Birkenhead, no new brighton to let me play for them because I only had, like, 13 <laughs> players, and our coach would not let me play for that. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you, you 13 just w- players? This yeah. is, like, level six? Uh, no, no, this was second team. Oh, okay. oh right, yeah. okay. And also, when we went on tour, I was very upset about getting subbed against Welsh team, so I wanted to play for them instead. <laughs> A few times. So, Tim, two of your direct family members played Premiership Rugby this, this weekend. This is true. My brother, wow. my brother and my son played, uh, and both both chalked up victories as well. Uh, so you're part of, like, a... a dynasty. Dynasty, or, yeah. Or I'm letting the side down woefully. <laughs> I'm, I'm, here, I'm here talking about it, at least. Uh, to be fair to Louis, I think Gloucester could probably do with him. <laughs> He'd probably do a good job there. Yeah, yeah it wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the, the first match of the weekend, because I think I, I can imagine there's going to be some talking points that are going to come out of that, which, well... There's a few refereeing decisions to talk about, <sighs> a few cards and stuff. Let's just start. What an awesome display of rugby for the first 20 minutes. It was an absolute firecracker. Uh, With two of the most exciting attacking wings yeah. in Br- oh. Britain going head-to-head. Anyone who does not think Christian Wade should play for England is mental. Mm. Absolutely mental. I still think there's... I, I Him do and Jonathan Joseph would be terrifying. What would you do? Uh, and Carl Eastmond. <laughs> you'd, just, you'd, just, you'd run Julian Surveyor or George North at him. All, all day. Well, the, well, or Northampton kick, tried that. Or kick behind him. Yeah. Or kick kick on top of him. But as long as he keeps scoring. I mean, he was scoring <laughs> yeah. like a try every ten minutes. He, he did they... score three tries in the game. Yeah. Do you embrace the positives of someone, or do you acknowledge the positives, but... Pick oh, Brad Barrett. But, but pick, <laughs> yeah. pick Brad Barrett, yeah. I imagine if I played with, with Brad Barrett, uh, I'd, absolutely, I'd absolutely love it. But Christian Wade, as a, specta- as a spectator, is just... Unbelievable. Yeah. They should have him, they should have Joseph, they should have Watson. Having someone like Brad Barrett, I'm not, necessar- not necessarily advocating having Brad Barrett in England, but it allows you to have more players like Joseph and like uh, like Watson, like Noel, because they're more exciting. And mm-hmm. so having that kind of pragmatic, kind of think, solid right, approach after, from one guy. After last week's rugby where it is attack, 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 if you're making the other team score points, you're in an advantageous situation. I think that's what Wade would allow you to do. Because every time they go ahead, 
the other team have to open up and it affects their defensive structure and their game plan and, and, and all the rest of it. I just can't see any argument for keeping him out, um, out the squad. Well, all, so all he can do, all he can do is perform how he did. Yeah. Yeah, keep well, scoring He can't tricks. do any more than that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, the, the whole Wasps team is a wonderfully built team now. I mean, they've gone from uh, kind of middle of the road, bit boring, to just having this big old pack, big mobile pack, massive back row, which obviously I love. And these backs that they've got now mm. are so exciting. Yeah, they've got a lot Elliot of space. Daly. Yeah, gas. <sighs> gas to burn. It's not just buying in, guys. They have got some young guys coming through as well. Lazowski. Yeah. He looks all right. He looks pretty tidy, doesn't he? Yeah, At really 10. good. Really, really <coughs> good all round. That was his first Premiership start as well, wasn't was it? Was that right? Was yeah. that right? Uh, yeah. Hold on, I can't believe I'm having to reach for the fact button already. <laughs> fact. There you go. I know we expected it from Northampton. They racked up 50 points. <sighs> Who cares? Marshalled by Stephen Myler really well. Now, let's let, let's talk about this. This isn't a win. It's not a, not a moral victory in any sense. Uh, the game was completely and utterly ruined by the ref. Now, before I, I go on and talk about these horrific cards... <laughs> say, what you, say, say what you feel, Jay. Yeah. Uh, George North has got some serious problems. I mean, we are talking real big problems. He is going out every time he's touched. Every time he's touched, it, it ends up with him be, be, being unconscious, which is, you know, ask anyone who watches boxing and that kind of thing. These things are kind of, they kind of get compounded with time. They get mm. worse and worse and worse. And if it's not settled, I'm worried they might miss the World Cup. I think they might have to rest him for six months, send him su- surfing to New Zealand. I am... Um, he's on the yeah. wing as well, so it's not like he's getting a lot of head contact. It's not like he's a prop or something. No. Yeah. So I'm really, really, con- uh, re- really uh, concerned for him because if this ca- carries on, it could be a very short career to a player who potentially could be one of the best and best worlds ever seen. Yeah, he's he's en route to be one of the leading all-time international try scorers and one of the leading all-time international test caps. Yeah. Um, so it's worrying. It'd be interesting to see what happens with Northampton and Wales because Wales now don't have a game until the autumn, so mm. they will really be pushing for to have an extended period of rest. Whereas Northampton, obviously, have got Heineken Cup, uh, European Champions Cup, they've got the Premiership playoffs... So they yep. will want him playing mm. as much as possible. Oh, it's a big investment. But yeah. but they also have to think about his safety and that course. kind of side. Yeah, of because course. otherwise, you know, you might have George North for a couple more games and not see him again. Full stop. Yeah. Full Ever. stop. Um, now. Uh, now. Now. Go on then. Now. Now. Yeah. now come now on. Now then. <laughs> right. <laughs> this referee, 24 years old, he's there for a reason. He's actually a very good good ref. Uh, I actually quite like the majority of the stuff, stuff he, he, he did. But he's doing the one thing I hate. He's refing outcomes. He's not He's not refing the situation. And me and Phil had a long discussion about this this afternoon. There are, I reckon, maybe 10, 20 laws in, 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 uh, in rugby that can be scrapped altogether. They can just go. Did you know it is illegal to kick the ball out of someone's hands? Which, which is... Why That's the why he got red- that, which is why the red card was given. Yeah, he was got he's, he's red carded for kicking the ball out of George North's hands. For, I know. For, so the, the ref perceived that the pen, the penalty was for attempting to kick the ball out of his hands when he scored a try, and in doing in committing that act of foul play, he made contact with his head, which the outcome of which was him getting knocked out, George North getting knocked out, and that is the red card. So what what you're saying is, and this was my sort of feeling on it as well, that the referees actually looked at it and had it been watched on a videotape and and you saw it and you didn't know whether George North was knocked out or what the consequence of it was and you just went stop and then you see a black screen what decision do you make mm. you're saying it's a very very different decision than what he made 
purely because George North was sparked out on exactly. the floor. Exactly. Exactly right. They, they have. There's been um, directive given that you have to take the outcome. Directive into given? What? No, no, I was going to say, I did some referee courses when I, was a, when I was a teacher, and Jay, I can tell you, it is, it is relevant. It's part of the sanction process to take into account the effect it had. So, for example, actually, for what it is, one punch might, yep. have, been a, might have been a half punch, might not actually be that bad, maybe would have been a yellow card. However, if that one punch was the lit the fuse of a massive punch-up that involved 30 people... That player who started it, you take into account the effect it had, and that player would probably get a red card because of uh, the effect it had. Now, do we all agree players have a duty of care? Is that now firmly established, unfortunately, in the rugby community? You've got a duty of care? Yeah. Right. So, here's kind of what I was thinking about the refereeing of outcomes. If a ball goes high in the air, and we all, we've all seen the awful injustice, which is Finn Russell and... And uh, Jared Payne. Jared Payne, Payne Gate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They got red-carded or yellow-carded, and one and of them band. got bloody banned. Ridiculous. <laughs> it cost Scot- Scotland at least one win, I'd say. Um, so we've... You've not mentioned that before, Jay, yeah. like, you, should, you, should <laughs> men- you should have mentioned it more on previous podcasts. <laughs> yeah, d- yeah, it annoys me. Um, and it's all about this duty of care thing. So my point would be, what if two players went out for a ball, one of them comes down horrifically, taken out in, in, um, in, in, in the air, maybe has you know, concussion, knocked out, all the awful things which mothers don't want to see. Um, what if that happened? But they were two players from the same team. Does he still do, do they still have a duty of care? Why is that ref differently to one to a player from a different sides jumping? Oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah that's a really interesting. Really point. interesting. What what, uh, what happens? And this is my point: yellow carding or red carding that player isn't going to change the outcome. So why are we doing it? We're just ruining the game for everyone else. Because the only, thi- the only differential you could make between a teammate and an, and an opponent is uh, intent, because you would never clearly intend to take out your teammate. But then that's irrelevant Correct. for the opponent as well. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's reckless. It's the, and that's, what, that's the word that's used, isn't it? Reckless. And that's the word that was used in relation to Nathan no... Hughes and Nick Williams as well. Which we'll no... get onto, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and there's no way there's a cowering Finn Russell... Wanting to wreck um, that, that damn bigger, it just you know that just wasn't the situation. But you get spun for two games. So where is the duty of care for players on the same team? Oh. And you know, George North could easily have been knocked out by one of his own, by one of his own players. If it's accidental, you can't stop accidents in what is a violent contact sport. In this occasion, and um, with this p- specific example with Nathan Hughes, I completely agree with you. To be honest, I, I look at I look at it, and I've looked at it loads and loads of times. And the referee looked at it plenty of times. So he, he asked for the help of his TMO. He got it up on the big screen. Nathan Hughes was doing that little short step thing you do as you're slowing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slowing down. He was not it. swinging a foot. Yeah, no, absolutely. he was. He was running in a direction and then slowing down. And it's weird because in slow motion it actually looks less dramatic than it does. Because you use slow motion. Speed, yeah. yeah, slow motion usually makes things look a lot worse. Mm. Uh, in full, I must say. Second time I watched it uh, in real time, it looked it did look bad. It looked just because just of the just the drama of George North. Yeah, out, George yeah. North rolling on the floor. But well, yeah, go on, Phil. Uh, no, I was just going to say, um, kind of going from that point. Nathan Nathan Hughes is slowing down. He realizes he can't get there, and George George North dives to the corner. So all of a sudden. George North's head is in Nathan Hughes's path. There's no way he was trying to kick oh. out. Nothing like that. George North is diving. He's off his feet. <laughs> right, you can't play off your feet. That's an established, established uh, yeah. law. Did anybody else think 
and this was again i i, I can't say categorically this is what the case was did anyone else think that the tmo got the the, the gist of that the referee was going to give a red card and tried to persuade him not to but but the tmo can't persuade him not to because that would be undermining a ref but he said why don't you have a look at it again yeah i got the impression the tmo was like don't yeah. You do hear TMOs escalating. This is the thing. Everyone's happy to escalate. No one's ever really happy to de-escalate or just let things go. I am convinced now that we need to go through the laws and rip up a load of them. Uh, the knock-on can go. Uh, kicking the ball, right. If he gave a red for kicking the ball out of his hands, which, uh, you know, he did, just think about this. What about when a scrum half picks up the ball and then a, forward, a big grizzly forward steps over and tries to kick the ball away? The the penalty was for trying to kick the ball out of his hands. Yeah, but a scrum half picks the ball the out red, of his The red yeah. was the, the red effect was... of that knocked a player out. Yeah, because he made contact with a head, which then knocked a player out. Which, uh, going back to it, that is referees, that that is part of their sanction process. But my point would be, kicking the ball, do we even need that law? I mean... It doesn't seem to me like it's a particularly good law to start with. You'd have to be pretty flexible to do that, you know, like open play. We were discussing this. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a terrible technique. <laughs> like, it'd be pretty risky as well, because you couldn't possibly grab someone in a tackle and do the kick. You'd have to go, I'm not going to bother with the normal tackle. <laughs> I'm just, just going to stick my foot up. But do, do you do it like a Cantona-style kick or like a... Don't know. Or like a Can-Can-style kick. I imagine it'd be quite easy for like a Will Skelton to do it on a... Morgan Power. I mean, I think that's the ideal scenario. I think, I think I'd do it because I think you would dislodge the ball and be back on your feet facing the right direction. Do you remember Guile in Street Fighter? The, the blonde <laughs> he, did, he did the sort of kick up and then did a somersault in a kick. Makes oh, sense. Yeah, that's a nice way to do it. I, that's the way I'd I do it. I think Christian Wade could probably do that. <laughs> we asked him. He'd probably do that. Nothing, in fact, there's nothing Christian Wade can't do, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, another big... Re- well, Steve, let's, let's keep it on referees for a little bit. Okay. Uh, it's something that me and Phil in previous podcasts have been quite reticent to do. So I have got something up my sleeve to prove just how difficult a job it is. Um, and how let he who cast the first stone be in a glass... Well, you know... Very wise, stone. Tim. What's Very that? wise. What's that phrase? Uh, uh, don't know. Anyway, you know what phrase I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know what... So, so we're all in agreement with Nathan Hughes that it was... A- yeah. An unjust sending off. It was. Terrible. Terrible decision. And it did spoil what would have been an, an even better game. Oh, it, it was an awesome it, game. It was warming up nicely It as well. was still a great game. It's still 80 points scored. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, no, it but, would have been a bit more. You know, they're, they're, it's just... Because that, that try made it 20 all as I, well. And it I, was right in the balance. I want to get rid of all cards now. I think they're, they're a nonsense. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, let's have a little bit of light relief from this this heavy referee chat. Let's just chuck in a, just a little curveball at this point. Uh-oh. This is... Captain Bantos, member of Banter Squad, Run! James Haskell uh, being collared by someone uh, outside of the stadium. This is just a random punter at the Wasp game asking Haskell. Now, I'm assuming he's referring to his legs, asking how big James Haskell's pipes are. Do you uh, think he's talking about his legs? On, on those pipes, arms? Pipes. Could be legs, pipes, could be arms. Could be guns. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, yeah, pipes or arms, sure Could be lungs. Yeah, that'll be it. Yeah. I don't think that's the way Haskell took the conversation, though. No problem, mate. How big's your pipe? How big's my pipe? Yeah. Very, very big, mate. Yeah, bigger than your pipe will ever yeah. be. Thank you. No problem, mate. He <laughs> said, bigger than your pipe will ever be. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, yeah, I think James Haskell's either his legs or his arms are certainly bigger than most people's pipe. Yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, James. <laughs> Nick Williams. Nick Williams. Nick Williams. Right, okay, so... This... <laughs> a bear of a man. A bear of a man. 
same kind of physique, same same sort of brain by all uh, by all accounts. Ulster versus Cardiff, your boys in it. Uh, it was very early on in the game, first five minutes. There's a, a rook where Reese Patchell, uh, the Cardiff fullback, is just in the side of the rook, um, and his head is sticking out, mm. and Nick Williams charges in full pace and kind of forearm, elbow, shoulder, somewhere around that region, smashes Patchell's head. And Patchell is immediately knocked out cold, taken to hospital, taken off, taken to hospital. Yeah. Now, I would say, if I was in Broughton Park and I was talking to the old boys, they'd be saying, in the first ruck, make a statement, don't make them want, don't make them want, want to ruck again. Because rugby's a game about intimidation. I kind of just think that's all it was, really. It was Nick Williams seeing an opportunity, smashing into someone, and that's it. Of course, we need to consider the thoughts thoughts of mothers, but that was it. That was all it was, and there, he will be cited, and you know, all he, go through, he has been cited. There we go, yeah, and all he go has. through the proper process because they'll be wanting to be seen to be tough on something which I don't know what it is. But so, disregarding intent for a second, Patchell's head was there, it was clear to see, and Nick Williams has charged in absolutely full pelt and. The first thing he's made contact with is Reese Patchell's head, mm. which is not a good thing. Well, well, where was Reese Patchell's head? It was in a. It, it was in a mall, yeah. It was in the, uh, the mall, just on the side of the mall. Fine, go for it. It is a game of intimidation. Reese Patchell knows what he signed up for. We all know what we signed up for. No, no, because that making contact with the head is outside the, the laws. You, you sign up to a very physical game in inside the laws, and it's physical and dangerous enough inside the laws. Now, I'm going to give uh, Nick Williams the benefit of the doubt because he's yeah. an Ulsterman and we all know that, that no one from Northern Ireland has ever done anything bad in their whole entire life. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. Throughout the oh, whole of history. Of, all of history. There's not a single incident at all that's no. happened in Northern Ireland that, that's any, he's any negative Nor- harm or intent. But he's not from Northern Ireland, so there yeah, is some leeway there. He's, he's pretty much a, he's an Ulsterman now. Uh, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but it was still unbelievably reckless. And the act is, he's made contact with his head, it's caused Patchell to lose consciousness and be yeah. taken to hospital. Yeah. Therefore, I think the red... Well, he, he only got a yellow card, but I think a red card probably would have been just... <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I think reckless is, is the word. I don't think he intended to. He I, was just being yeah. hard, he was being hard, but he's 120 kilos, and the consequence of him being reckless, and way more reckless than Nathan Hughes was... Yes, yes. absolutely. ...is uh, the consequence is he knocked someone out. Had it been, I don't know, who else who would have been in Cardiff Blues side that's really little, or someone... Like, Antaskam. And, 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 and well, Tavish Noyle, let's say, had it been him, then he might not have had, it might not have knocked Patchell out, but he's 120 kgs, he's, he's a, he's a human block. Yeah. Nick Williams, he's cubed. Do you not think <laughs> that, uh, He's as deep as he is wide as he is tall. Do you not, do you not think <laughs> Nick Williams basically just did something which Ford's coaches throughout history have been saying you should do that. Yeah. If you see him on the side... Smash him. Yeah, you, yeah. you go into him crazy. Anyone's in the wrong spot on a ruck, you smash him, let them know they're going to get the hell out of there next time. Yeah. 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 Totally. But that that doesn't make it right, just because no, people no, have done no, it in no, the no. past. It kind of does, though, doesn't it? It's the like, sort of thing mm-hmm. that if anyone that's still playing, and I'm sure it will have happened with you in your game at the weekend, Jay, it's the sort of thing that happens, not 120 kgs or quite with the ferocity or power of Nick Williams, but it's the sort of thing that happens every single game, we told, every ruck. We were told in the changing room this week, um, on the side of rucks, when players come down, go low, snap their legs. 
I was thinking, like, imagine if we were successful in this. Around every room. Every room. It would be horrific. (laughs) Broken leg, ambulance on, 20 minute wait. Finally get the game going again. Another broken leg. Snapped leg. You run out of ambulances. Another snap. (laughs) Just hold the ambulance, give him some more morphine. Uh, (laughs) It seems seems to be less controversial in our minds, the, the whole Nick Williams one. Listen, we've been talking about refereeing for quite a long time, and... Everyone has their say, and people in the crowd have their say, and writers have their say, and all the rest of it. But it's a difficult job, and rugby couldn't exist without it, and respect for the referees is something that we all love about the game of rugby. So I want to demonstrate how difficult a job it is. I've got a few little scenarios for you two. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, this is going to be embarrassing. All right. Okay. So. I'm pretty sure if he's like... So what's happening here? You're going to tell us about... I'm just going to give you some hypothetical situations and you're going to have to try and work out what... Well, you've got a referee okay. then, yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'll get all these. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'll have an opinion on all of no, these. No, all right. We'll start off with this one. One of your second rows is yellow carded, leaving you with a seven-man scrum. Can the opposition maintain an eight-man scrum against you? Yes. Yes. Yes, they can. Mm. That's right. Unless under-19s and below. Well, yeah. you, have match, you have to match light for light. That's interesting. Um, your number eight wins possession at the back of... These are all scrum-based ones. I just thought I'd pick a theme on the okay. scrum. Uh, your number eight wins possession at the back of the scrum. He picks up the ball, drives forward, does not bind on, but grabs the shirts of the second row for, second row, and powers over to score. Try or no try. Read it again. Your number eight wins possession at the back of the scrum. Okay. He picks up the ball, drives forward, does not bind on, but grabs the shirts of the second row and powers over to score. Try or no try? I'm going to say no try, accidental offside. I'd say try because... No, because he's out of the scrum, isn't he? But then he's going back into the scrum. Yeah. So it's not He grabs the shirt. He doesn't bind, but... No try. No! I know exactly what I do. Play on. <laughs> no, it's not what you do. No, no, like, well, he, he's placed the ball down over the try line. And like, so is, it, is it try or no try? I'd give that a try. And your justification for that? Just let like the boys play. It just, <laughs> it, it, it just feels right. <laughs> yeah, I think that would work in your assessor's report. Yeah. Um, JB uh, is right. It, it, it's a try. try. Because he didn't bind on, you're allowed to grab grab a shirt, and it's not bound, so it's not accidental offside. We yeah. had, um, so it's, we've had two interpretations last two weeks in our league about what is bound and what isn't. So this week's ref was like, if, if your shoulders are off, you're not bound. And I found this to my detriment. Yeah, then when you're a back row and they lift up their shoulders and you run around and smash them, the ref goes, no, 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 he was oh, To yeah. be fair to this ref, he's very consistent. Yeah. And as soon as I don't like that, off, though. I don't like it. It doesn't let the boys play that rule. It's like, they, they used to, you sometimes, yeah. and I'm glad they've done the whole rule, uh, sorry, I, I realised no. I interrupted where you were going, but they've changed the rule about now it's not hands-on for the scrum half, it's ball up. Yes. yes. Back of a run. And that's so much better because yeah. it's such an annoying thing to get penalised for and w- when there's like, oh, has the scrum half picked it up? Yeah. Has he not? Gets the ball out there easier. If the scrum half can yeah. put his hands on it, just flipping well, get on with it. So the scrum half rolls the ball into a scrum two-handed. It's hooked back quickly to a flanker who picks up and scores. Try or no try? Try. I'll read it again. The scrum half rolls the ball into the scrum two-handed. Uh-huh. It's hooked back quickly to a flanker who picks, goes and scores. Flanker. Try or no try? <sighs> Hang, hmm. on. Hang on a minute. Presumably, if it comes out to a flanker, either the scrum's rotated or it's come out the side. So if it comes out the side, it can't be out. But there again, it could come out into the one channel and a flanker could quite easily pick, pick it up. It could, if it comes out of the back, as in where the eight is and the flanker picks it up, yeah. what, what's the issue? Try, no. try. 
this one's going to annoy you, and I picked this one just because it made your blood boil. <laughs> it's no try, nothing to do with a flanker. A flanker can pick up at the back of a scrum. Yeah. Which some referees irritatingly don't realise. Oh, is this the two-handed thing? This is the flipping rolling, you can't roll the ball into it. You've got to throw it in. And I only did this one, because I I, I only picked this one because this happened, there was a referee who penalised, gave free kicks every time a scrum half rolled rather than threw. What? You have to throw the ball into a scrum, you can't roll it. I remember... I knew knew it reminds you of, this is what I mean. This is is where, like you say, there are some laws where I agree with you, rub it out, just let a referee, let let the boys play it and see what he sees. As long as it's in and down the middle, it's fine. Yeah. We spend a lot of time watching, playing, refing. In my case, I'm going to do some coaching badges. I'm sure you're going to do some coaching mm. badges at, at some point, Tim. We spend a lot of time watching rugby. If we don't know this instinctively, it is not a good law. It is stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> but, what, throwing. Rolling, throwing. Yeah, I remember reading it recently because I was looking, we were having a discussion as to whether the nine can has to put the, the ball in on one side. And what kind and of... There's no law. You can put it on, in on either side. And what another. kind of extreme right-wing pri- prison camp god gives a free kick for, for rolling, rolling a ball? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I, I think... Uh, I picked that one because I didn't think anyone would know it. And also, it's, it is an example, picking up on what you talked about at the very start of the podcast, that there is sometimes... We, we make it hard for ourselves. And also, we're trying to grow the game. This is a World Cup year. There, w- there was nine million people watched the England-France game. That's brilliant. Of but which, how many of those nine million people didn't have a flipping clue what was going on some of the time? About eight million? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, actually, we're fairly knowledgeable. I reckon about ten people un- understood all the laws. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. Because we don't understand all the laws, and we watch an awful lot of rugby. I, I was at um, Sedgley v. Calder this weekend... And the number of people shouting at the referee when the referee's made the correct decision, yeah. but just shouting, referee, you're an idiot, you've got it wrong. Yeah. Because they, and these are guys who are going to watch like um, low level rugby. So these should be big, knowledgeable yes, fans. Exactly. And they have no idea. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. However, some things do happen when you have laws, which is you have unintended consequences. And one such unintended consequence was I don't know if you've seen it, Tim. There's a video going around of the Chiefs not rucking. Yeah. Very, very interesting. So th- this is interesting. So if the Chiefs make a tackle with a single man, that single man goes to floor and the, the guy carrying the ball goes to floor, then the defend sorry, the attacking team puts one man over, but none of the Chiefs commit. So for it to be a rook, you have to have one from both teams on their feet. So there's no rook. So there's there's, therefore, there's no offside line. There's no offside line. So they're dancing between like the nine and ten channel, trying to put off the scrum off pass. Oh, that's flipping brilliant! So it's obvious, just isn't a, it? Yeah, it, it is so obvious. It's just a loophole. But it, so they've, they, they, they'll shut that down soon enough. Oh yeah, they've exploited it a few times, but they've been penalised a few times because so you can run at the ten and you can run anywhere basically because there's no offside line. As soon as you run towards the rook, you're then deemed to be entering not through the gate, so you can't right. come round and then go towards the rook. And I imagine as well, you what rook though? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, this, this is one of the things. Yeah, this is one of the well, things. Well, I suppose if you come too close, you are then, you're form, then forming, you're then the forming, forming the rook. The rook. Yeah, and they also got penalised for backing away. Complicated, yeah. flipping, yes. complicated. And this is the point. It's a World Cup year. We want, we want millions of people to realise what an amazing game we've got. And 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 you know what? That old phrase of "Hear me now, believe me later." I find myself. Yeah. <laughs> with every passing week, agreeing with JB about stuff more Finally! and more. Finally! <laughs> it's it's the, way, the way of the world, I'm afraid, Tim. <laughs> but the, the lawmakers have done good things. Like yeah. that, um, 
they're, they're picking up at the back of a rook and it's not hands-on, it's when the ball leaves the ground. That is a really simple law change that yeah. makes it better for the attacking team, that makes it better, that makes the game flow better. But the more laws you make, the more unintended intended consequences tend to creep in. We it, need to no, scrap a lot. I agree keeping it simple, but it's just looking at them and the practicalities of them and letting the game flow. Do you like, want to hear... Like one one yeah. good one um, is that we all think should be scrapped is... Not straighten a line out yeah. if, if the defending team don't compete. Don't compete. If they oh, don't compete. As long as, as long as a the, jumper catches it. Yes. You can't you, pass straight to the nine if they don't compete. Yeah, because otherwise the Chiefs would be throwing it straight to the nine and then, then yeah, they'd be yeah. away. But yeah, that, that's just... Because you, you lose a minute for the line out, you then lose a minute for the scrum restart. So you lost yeah. two minutes because of one small indiscretion that, that, that hasn't affected anything. I was thinking the other day, what if we just got the law book? and gave it to someone who's never played rugby ever, uh, like a, a, a big legal firm, say, and just asked them to come up with how you circumvent all of these laws. Because uh, undoubtedly, if you had a f- fresh pair of eyes and you were asking, well, okay, that's a ruck, well, what is a ruck? What, what does that look like? You get so many loopholes. And if I had loads of money, say, like Saracens do, I probably might investigate that. Just have a legal team pouring over the yeah. laws. This has become a little bit of a, a ref special, which has been good. I've enjoyed it. I mean, I have enjoyed it. It's, it's important. And, and what I think I definitely, I think we'd all want to reiterate is we know it's a, a tough job. We know that they are implementing the laws of the lawmakers. And, uh, it's not a tough job, and, is it? And we don't want to instigate any... Uh, Tired props a tough job. Refing is not a tough job. <laughs> Pointing right. and whistling at things. Well, it, do you know what? It's a, it, it's, it's a job that you get a lot of pleasure out of, I'm sure. At the moment, we don't want to have a position where referees don't enjoy doing it because they're getting heckled or, yeah. or criticised. Yeah, yeah, so. And it's, it's so important because it allows us all to play rugby. Yeah. Well, not me because I'm always injured. Yeah. But, but <laughs> everyone else. Um, so let's talk about some of the other games then um, over the weekend. Saracens Harlequins. Mm. The big one at Wembley. Mm. 84,000 people. That's, that's a lot. That's, that is a lot of people. What? Do they pay to go? Or were they paid? Well, I'm not quite sure. I'm not <laughs> sure how many people... Because so there's well, so many not Saracens fans, are they? So Saracens normally get, what, 10, 12,000? Yeah. Harlequins get maybe the same, 15,000? I didn't assume. So that's, 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 so that's 30,000. So then there's another 50,000. Somewhere. Do you reckon they've just rounded up a load of homeless people from the streets <laughs> of London? Yeah. Yeah. In the Saracens Corporation van. And said, you can have a, a free soup and a free uh, roll of bread if you come and watch this game make it seem like Wembley's full or may- maybe there's some like uh, the hive mind Saracens they've got some <coughs> I don't know mind control mind control <laughs> they've just hit a little red button and some m- magnetic pulse has gone out and triggered <laughs> triggered something I can't they've imagine got their sleeper agents yeah. all across <laughs> yeah, the sleeper land. cells <laughs> well they do have like sleeper cells don't they like Seattle and, and yeah not like Seattle uh, Saracens Romania, Romania I think there's one in Kenya yep um, I'm assuming these aren't really Saracens fans, because of the two clubs, I think Harlequins probably could get 80,000, because they're a grand old club, they're, you know, they're very, very, um, recognisable, they've got a good brand. I can kind of see, uh, Harlequins do it, but not really Saracens. However they've done it, and um, it doesn't matter, that actually getting 84,000 people, even if you'd given away a bunch of free tickets, or, um, come up with some good little corporate deals or whatever, but there's some effort been done that's, that's an yeah. impressive number of people yeah, it is. to go and watch a club match yes have they, uh, have they got rid of the eagle carrying the match ball 
That was that was one of their gimmicks. <laughs> they had an eagle with a matchball. I love Saracens. <laughs> oh, Saracens. In fact, what's happened to all their gimmicks? They don't do nearly as many as they used to. Remember the guy who won five hundred k by hitting the crossbar? Yeah, <laughs> he, he did it in his socks. He, he did it in his socks. Yeah. Wow. I think he, he didn't even have like he, he took his shoes off because he had proper shoes on. He just did it in his socks. Kicked it like he, he clearly had no skill. Hit the crossbar. I think it was quarter of a million, not half. Oh, uh, was it? But <laughs> it was yeah, pound here, pound there. Soon, soon as up to real no, money. I, I take it back though. One gimmick, the Saracens, probably the best gimmick at any rugby ground. Actually, is the getting a pizza delivered <laughs> to your seat. <laughs> what about the, the, domi- awesome. the Domino's deal? What about the ceremonial kickoff? Because there's a lot of lads that I play with who cannot do a do a drop goal or a drop kick full stop. So getting some celebrity to do the ceremonial kickoff maybe in high heels, would be hilarious. Oh, like Diana Ross <laughs> in the, f- in yeah. the uh, America World Cup. Where the goal exploded, even though the ball missed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, someone who maybe after his efforts a few weeks ago for Sale Sharks, you'd think wouldn't, uh, what, what might be a sort of a, a Mickey-taking drop goal would be Vadim Kobalash. However, in an international match, Vadim Kobalash, the tight head prop for Sale Sharks, kicked a penalty. And not just a penalty, like, in front of the sticks for a bit of a laugh. He was taking this seriously. Kicked it from 10, ten metres in and 30 metres back so from no, the post. Near the, near the touchline. Yeah, have a look. And he's absolutely nailed it. Straight through the middle. Wow. I've played in a team where the prop kicked, and it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's really embarrassing. You have as well, Jay. I, I, I've watched you two play in a team where the <laughs> Oh, God, kick. yeah. We beat Nantwich away, uh, Connor Mitchell. This is a great story. So, a very, very windy pitch, and our coach, we're losing, we need, and we le- need this win to potentially stay up. And our coach screams over to our captain, because our kickers are off, and shouts, Corner! Corner! Well, corner sounds a little bit like, in the wind, <laughs> yeah. Connor, who is our, our tight head prop. So Dave Hamby, our, our captain, uh. turns around to Connor and goes, Connor, you're kicking. And Connor slaps. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, Connor uh, slotted the goal to win the game. <laughs> Connor, nice. What? Nice. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, just to quickly mention Sailors, I've got I've mentioned Vadim Kobalash there. Another good win. Doing what they do, grinding out wins yep. with attritional rugby and the occasional bit of flair, usually marshalled by Danny Cipriani, and winning at home again. Yeah, well, we had a little bit of a um, heated debate last week about 
Sippers versus Ford. And I've had a think, think about this. And I would ask, who would look more impressive if they were to switch teams? So if Ford is at Sale and Sippers is at Bath? Yeah, because I do not think Ford can do what Cipriani does at Sale. But I do think Cipriani can do what Ford does at Bath. And what are you saying that Cipriani does at Sale that Ford can't do? Defence would be better, and I think... Really? Yeah. I, I'm not sure about that. Cipriani's defence has definitely improved. Yeah. But that only means that the commentators don't laugh any time someone <laughs> yeah, runs yeah. near him. And also... They don't need to stand him on the wing like they used to at the Melbourne yeah. Rebels and stuff. You've got to remember, he's playing in a team which might be able to push for top four. I mean, that's incredible. Because earlier on the season, or maybe it was last season, uh, they played Bath. And their entire pack had less caps than Paul James. They probably still do. Well, that's yeah. where, well I, I think that's the that's the success of Sale Sharks is their their pack, mm. and they've got they've got really really promising young guys like Tommy Taylor, yeah, Josh Ro- Beaumont, Ross Harrison, Ross Harrison, um, and they've got some really really like guys that would get in probably any Premiership team like Dan Braid. Jonathan Mills. Not not so <laughs> not, much them, although no, not them. Although no. in the case of Jonathan Mills, he does a really important job for that team. Just work great. Yeah, and he shows up the scrum as well because he's a big old lump. It, it, well, we were watching the game and then they bought on the subs. Lewis Adrian Roberts came on the same time as Jonathan Mills, and I thought, yeah, Cipriani's pretty good because it's not these boys winning the game. I mean, Cipriani doesn't get enough credit for what he does at uh, Sale, and maybe because they do play a bit boring and they have got that. Very organised pack. Uh, he gets. A, I think he, he does get enough credit. He's in the. He's in the, He was on the bench for England. I think that's yeah. plenty of credit for, yeah, for I, what he's done. Everyone just seems to. I, I think there's a lot of Cipriani, Cipriani haters out there. He does an incredible job. For oh, oh I, no! I, I actually, th- I actually think the other way because I actually think Myler, on balance, this yep. season has been a better ten than Cipriani. I'm with you, Phil. And the media have influ- I actually th- genuinely believe that the media have influenced Lancaster for both. Cipriani getting in the England squad and Nick Easter getting in the England squad. Because that, that was, there was a big push for both of them and they both appeared in the... I also think that... Unmerited, ten, in my opinion. Ten is a position where age is actually an advantage. Yeah. Uh, like, who plays better rugby than Charlie Hodgson? I know I go on about it all the time, but Charlie Hodgson and Gouda are really knocking on in years. Not the most athletic, and yet they do a wonderful, wonderful job. Myler is a very experienced ten, and you can see it. Yeah, uh, C- Cipriani, yeah. as he's getting older, is more of a game manager now, but he can still do those flair things. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I still think George Ford, all round a better 10, would do better in any team. Bath, Sale, England, wherever it is. There's only one way to find out. Uh, swap them. Swap them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> or we could see how, well, we can get the next closest thing to George Ford and see how he does it in Sale 10. Joe Ford. Joe Ford. Gloucester. There's a bit of a, yeah. a gap in between, a bit of a talent gap between those two. Gloucester are relentlessly disappointing. Yes. Are just annoying. They, they annoy me how disappointing they are. They're the opposite of Sale. Yeah. yeah. Sa- Sale have got a lot of average players that, that creates a great team, whereas Gloucester have got a lot of very good players and they create a very disappointing team. But that- in key positions, they don't have whether it's leadership or just skill, I don't know. But It seems to run in the, that club's DNA to be underachievers. You look mm. at the players that have been been through there. I think second row is the perfect example. Sale go out and um, they pick up Andre Ostrikov f- from a, Rus- a Russian. Exactly. Who? Exactly. And, you know, he, he's not he's not a starting frontline player, but he's a unit. They pick up Jonathan Mills from London Welsh, who does a really important work, Mills- workman-like job. Nothing ever gl- glitzy, yeah. but he, he just works his nuts off. And they spend a bit of cash 
on someone with loads of experience to, to be a leader. <laughs> uh, Nathan, uh, Hines. In Nathan Hines. Yeah. Gloucester spend an absolute fortune on James Hudson, who great in the line out, yeah. soft. Yeah. On Tom Palmer, Se- was oh, good. Yeah, the same. Good yeah. in the line out, soft. And 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 they've got these guys. Oh, it's Elliot Stook, uh, Savage. They just don't kind of. They're like all very good pieces of the wrong jigsaw. <laughs> like they just don't fit together. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, I, it's just something in the DNA of that club. They're just underachievers. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid to say. And also something far worse, which is I'm overall. willing it to change because it's a brilliant club. It I is, love it. It is. Uh, it, something something far worse though which people don't talk about, is how bad that kit is. Ugh, it's the, awful. The kit clash today at the AJ Bell was enough yeah. to make a grown man cry. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> it, I don't mind the sale kit, but the Gloucester kit oh, is... Oh, come on, it's got a shark spin on it. What do you need a shark spin on your kit for? Yeah. <laughs> Magna Clean and that... Oh, it is an ugly kit. really is. It was never uglier than when Freddie Burns would wear it. Not because he's... Nothing to do with him being good-looking or not, just purely his, his stature, his diminutive... Style loose with it on being the really arms. baggy, loose yeah. on the arms, yeah. I don't like the way the top merges into the shorts. I know, I know, gone about it, but they've already got the blueprint. Navy shorts. Navy shorts. Red, uh, red and white. Hoops. Maybe. Full hoops yeah, all the way round. Well, how hard is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they, they did it in the 80s. Surely they can find someone who used to work in a cotton mill who knows how to make <laughs> full hoops. <laughs> they put men on the moon, just have your hoops. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> There's also sale. Uh, you want to see, see what a sale kit should look like? Nip down to Haywood Road, and you'll see sale. Am- <laughs> the hilariously named sale am- um, amateurs uh, who wear. Well, guess what? White and blue hoops. Hoops look good. So so easy. I, I think we need to just simplify. <laughs> and we were talking about a golden age of stash, but um, I think Leicester's stash has gone downhill. That orange get-up is, is yeah. ugly. They're, I don't like their home kit as much as oh, their old home kit. I, I do, I like both. Do you know the story the behind the orange kit? Green. The story behind the orange kit? Yeah. Apparently yeah. those are those are the original colours. Yeah, from 1900s. Yeah, but I can't imagine a dank, you know, s- squalid industrial city, people wearing, you know, rave orange to play rugby. <laughs> I just don't think it happened. No, it's handy, because you know, finish the game, they can just put one glove, one white <laughs> yeah. glove on, get their whistle on, and go, go to a, yeah, go to an illegal rave out in the countryside. Uh, yeah. But the home kit is excellent, so they get a pass on that. Mm. Yeah, the home kit, I really like that home kit. Yeah. That uh, British racing green, the dark greens and with white and red. He makes it to do a phenomenal job. Just it looks well built. Yeah, robust. it does look very well built. Yeah, I, whoever makes that kit, I, I would have them make my kit if I had a team. Me too. Damn right. Uh, London Welsh have been relegated. That's no, a, that, that's a terrible kit. Um, oh my god! Yeah, they've got scales on. What? Why? Yeah, that's not going to be. In anyone's scrapbook of memories, is it that this season for London? Oh, Welsh. it will be for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that yeah, that will live long in the memory. What well, won't live lo- long in the memory are teams that come up like Leeds. I can't remember a single season that Leeds had. I can't remember one of their games. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they come up, horrible kick, go back down. <laughs> yeah. uh, can, can we just quickly go back to uh, the? Harlequin Saracens game. Go on. Yes. I think there's, I think there's two po- talking points from this. Go on. First of all, Rob Shaw uh, and Billy Vanapola both played every minute of the Six Nations. Mm-hmm. Both started mm. for their teams. Now, mm. Rob Shaw started. Marla started as well. Um, I can kind of understand Harlequins because they they want a shot of beating Saracens and they've not got a game next week because they're not in the European Champions Cup. Billy Vanapola. They're, they're travelling to, is it Racine? I think they, it is This Russell. weekend coming up. Yeah. Uh, 
who for a change were actually playing well. Racing never usually play well. They're kind of mid-table, but at the moment I think they're second on the And Saracens are playing against Quinns. It, it's yeah, it's it's an interesting decision to play. Uh, do, you reckon, do you reckon there was an element of big occasion money talks? We've got a lot mm. of our, we've got a lot of big important corporate backers here in the ground, and maybe business, business came first. I'd, I'd 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 hate to think so because if he underperforms next weekend, they get knocked out of the Champions Cup, or God forbid, he gets a, picks up an injury because he's just playing There's too much rugby. Yeah. Then that, that's a, a much bigger Look, issue. Saracens are one of the most diligent clubs in the land. Uh, they've got with injury yeah. prevention, Preven- and, and statistic analysis, yeah, and that kind of stuff. If they didn't think he was ready to go, he wouldn't go. And they've got so many other options. And there's no point in having massive squad depth if you don't use it. He yeah. has only he has only played two games in the last four weekends. Well, yeah, that was the third. Yeah, the, that was the third, was the third game. Third game in five weekends. Yeah. But it, it was the third game. On the bounce, three consecutive weekends yes, where he has right. played 80 minutes and international games. But it is his job. Tough. It is, yes. Yeah. So, uh, no. But the, the bigger talking point, well, not the bigger talking point, but something I find interesting is Chris Wiles scored two tries, got man of the match. Mm-hmm. He's not a first-choice player for Saracens. Nope. If all their backline is fit, is there a more important reserve, a more influential Ooh, reserve? that's a great question. A better reserve in the Premiership. Than Chris Wales, because, yes, because he, can he play, plays anywhere in the back row, 12, can, 11 to yeah, fifteen. He can I, play international standard, eleven to fifteen, and he's first choice, first choice reserve in every single one of those positions for Saracens. Oh, that's a good question. I'd give you one. I'd run him close, same nationality. Blaine Scully, very important. Although he's going to going lose. to going to cut, not as important because I don't think he can do a job in the centres. He can, but he, he can play thirteen. Yeah. 13 outside backs but yeah. Wales play 12 as well yeah he, he played 12 this weekend it was him, him at 12 Marcelo Boff at 13 yeah no, that's a pretty good shot I can't think of a more influential yeah I was, oh, racking, no. my, I was racking my brain I was going to say Elliot Daly but he's a starter yeah starter oh young James Wilson because <laughs> he plays 10 he plays full back banners banners there we go <laughs> Quite, can you believe he played for England once? Yeah, more, back, more than once. Yeah, he was an actual. Third, he was actually the best winger that England had, and he's not a bad and player, but still. I think you're right. You've nailed it. Chris Wiles is the most important squad player in the Premiership. Fact. Well done, Phil. Good one. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and again, for all the people like to talk about, and particularly fans of other clubs like to talk about Saracens spending loads of money. Where did Chris Wiles come from? America, Nottingham. Nottingham. Is he American? Yes, he is American. They signed but him from not the championship. Isn't, isn't he really English? Like he grew up here, went to school here. Don't know. He's, he's not. Tim? A, I don't know. Don't know. If you know anything about Chris Wiles, let us know. Yeah, Chris, are you? Are you come on, are you really Canadian? No, Canadian? he's not American. He's American. <laughs> are you really American, Chris? Come on, own up. It's it's hot enough, isn't it? Four rounds to go. Look at that table. Let Exeter 54 points. They'll be disappointed. That was a showdown, that match. Yeah. They they blew up, to be fair. They they could have won it. Um, 25 to 18. A losing bonus point was important. Some wonderful, wonderful stuff by Leicester, though. Uh, Miles Benjamin was outstanding again. <laughs> uh, he gave one pass. Uh, I saw some highlights. He gave yeah, a pass. One, and, one pass. And then yeah, he cleared out can... a ruck. One, I mean, there was no one around after. A very clean ball for the scrum half. He's a great player. What was your tweet about Miles Benjamin this week? Imagine if you could buy, combine the speed of Wade and, and the power of George North. <laughs> I already have Miles Benjamin. <laughs> uh, Dan Cole maybe celebrated 
in the clubhouse after Leicester's victory with a bit of a sing song. Oh, we, was, was, it, was it for England? Last no, no, no. Week? Oh, sorry. Yeah, maybe he did. We know because ah, we, we, we definitely know that he likes a bit of a sing song, as we learnt from his fiftieth cap after the France match at Twickenham. He turned up in the bar. Him and Nick Easter, the pair of them, they both get in their fiftieth caps. Is that was it? They both had their Red England ties undone, top button undone. They cle- they clearly been you know loosened up a little bit. <laughs> And, uh, and this is Dan Cole. I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a glorious feeling I'm happy Gonna run down the lane with a happy, happy, happy refrain. I'm singing, just singing in the rain. Wow. Yeah. Mark Stevens is safe. <laughs> We, we know we love a bit of rugby okey and uh, lots of rugby players like to sing. Do you want to hear Nicky? Do you want to hear Nicky Easter's fiftieth cap song? May as well. Fiftieth birthday song, did you say? <laughs> what did you say, Jay? Just then. Fiftieth birthday song, did you say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, sorry, I missed that. That was quite good. Thanks, mate. Just stick a pony in your pocket. <laughs> take a suitcase from the van. Because if you want the best, then you don't ask questions. Hey, brother, I'm your man. And where it comes from is a mystery It's yeah, like the changing of the seasons Or the tides and the seas Cause you're the one that's driving me berserk What are you all fools and horses La 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 That's brilliant La 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 He's even doing the old yes. arms <laughs> East End Pendulum arms. jig East End jig. I've got to say, that's probably my most, that's the most enjoyable Ruby Oki I've heard, actually. That that's, it's pretty good. Uh, one thing I liked about this as well, there, so Dan Cole and Nick Easter are stood on a stage, and the host for the post-match thing in this, in the players' lounge and this, this, Ooh, this bar is. is Martin Bayfield. Bafes! Look at Dan Cole on a stage, next to Martin Bayfield, not on a stage. They're the same height. <laughs> 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 is, okay, is, is there any more alpha male than Bafes? He's the alpha male of alpha males. Yeah, what I like about him as an alpha male is he doesn't have to be outwardly alpha male. He can be soft. He's ultra he, he's, he's like that Nick Cummins, you know, tread softly but carry a big stick. Exactly. <laughs> Bayfield <laughs> is one massive log. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> any any England player, in fact, anyone from BT Sports, like, any of the, like, the, the, com, the commentators and the pundits, Delario and, and, and all the rest of it, all of them look up to Bayfield. Yeah. He's just... In every sense of the words. So... No, thanks. Yeah. Great. We should talk about the weekend's rugby coming up. So actually, well, I, I, d- I didn't see any Super Rugby this weekend. Um, I've been working and drinking and lots of <laughs> other stuff. Um, I didn't see any Super Rugby. I didn't see no, any, I see any Pro rugby, 12. We have a think. Oh, I, I, oh, I saw some Pro 12. I can talk about the Pro 12. Go on. I watched it for five minutes before the um, <laughs> the kickoff of uh, the... Before the kickoff? The Northampton game. And Cardiff oh, right, conceded. Uh, conceded within three minutes. And the commentator said something along the lines of, Cardiff should be very, very happy with their defensive stand. So I was just thinking, is this the standard? That <laughs> Cardiff keeps someone out for three minutes and they should be happy with that? <laughs> I immediately turned over. I, I, I was done with the Pro 12 for another weekend. There was a brilliant game in the Pro 12. Apparently so. Um, Leinster Glasgow, repeat of last year's final. That was, uh, unfortunately, I've not been able to get the highlights anywhere because Pro 12's website is backwards and they don't upload it. F- well, they hadn't uploaded it last time I checked. Well, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure that they even have broadband in some of the places that they play. <laughs> anyway, Leinster rests a lot of their players, um, a lot of their island players, uh, as, as did Glasgow, but it ended up being 
an unbelievable 34-all draw <laughs> in which Glasgow, the away team, went 27-7 up and Leinster pulled it right back mm. and then Glasgow scored a try with five minutes to go nice. to, uh, to tie the game. They're starting to develop a really interesting rivalry there. Those two, out, yeah. Out nothing. Yeah, really good rivalry. Um, potentially those two will be top four again, going yeah. for that final spot. I have to say, I've fully bought into Glasgow now, being a, being a good team. Yes. I like what they do. Very well coached. It's very humble of you to finally admit that, Jay. Yeah, well, the only thing I can see going wrong here is Gregor Townsend getting poached for Scotland. It can't be long. I mean, Vern Carter's going to save him in a couple of years. It's going to be underwhelming. After after the World Cup, he will probably go back to the pro, pro uh, sorry top 14 because he'll be worth a fortune there. And Gregor Townsend must be Scotland coach. Yeah, he'll be in the running, won't he? Definitely. I can't see any other way. Yeah. At Super Rugby, there was one little showdown that um, is going to make me do this. A couple of gentlemen that... Oh, I to, absolutely, I think we'd be on a... We'd be on a pony trek up a mountain. Sorry, horseback trek up a mountain to pitch a tent and catch some salmon in the river. They, they were... Yeah, they cooked them on a fire that they made themselves. Kieran Reid and P.S. Beast had oh. a showdown. Two number eights. P.S. Beast quite often, well, looks incredible. Kieran Reid is, is incredible. P.S. <laughs> Beast played an absolute blinder for the Blue Bulls. Is that right? They beat the Crusaders. And there was a picture of the two of them on P.S. Beast's Twitter account just going, great to catch up with my old buddy Kieran Reid. Um, what a great matchup today. Always an honour to play against him and... Um, PSBs. I mean, if there was a competition for who looks incredible in their in their get-up, it's PSBs. Well, you know what's a specimen. You know my yeah. you know my saying about PSBs. He's too talented to be any good. <laughs> so that's why he, he never achieves his full potential. He's a bit to, like that's a work. He's a bit like some of those guys. There's always people in the gym when you go that just look phenomenal. Live like you've put a lot of effort in there over mm. years to graph that. But if you said right, there's a your bus is just about to leave. Quick, go and get it. <laughs> <laughs> They'd sort of awkwardly waddle, waddle down the road and miss it. Yes. <laughs> no not not athletic. Yes. Have you seen PSB's video when he jumps onto a very high surface? Yeah, the, like, 150-centimetre box, box jump. jump. Wow. It's quite high. Yeah, quite yeah high. pretty high. Especially when you weigh, like, 118 kilograms. No, he's a monster. He's unbelievably quick and unbelievably strong. He just... Mm, has he got that rugby brain? Mm. Is he any good? Yeah, he's very yeah. good. It, without trying, he can be an international rugby player. Imagine, imagine if you could merge Kieran Reid's rugby mind and his physicality. Oh wow! Yeah. Good lord, that yes. would be frightening. But of course, you don't need to develop um, any kind of rugby ability. Uh, uh, sorry, rugby knowledge if you're that physically Im- imposing. Well, well, America, America is so. It's even to the point where they go, yeah, you play a great game, but. Your hands aren't big enough. You won't be able to do your job in the NFL. Oh, it's crazy! Yeah. It's crazy, like how long your arms are and how how big your hands Have are. Have you seen the not the rookie symposium? It is the day before the combine, and they have all the players just in their underwear. And these creepy middle-aged <laughs> men are there <laughs> writing things, and they're literally touching them and measuring them, and like do, ver- doing a purple aki. Very, very similar. <laughs> Very similar. That's a reference for people in the <laughs> Northwest. Any if you if you know anyone from the Northwest, just ask them about purple aki. I, I don't want to explain it. He here. was found in. Oh, wasn't found. He was sighted in. I did know not so long ago. 
Uh, I saw him in Manchester City Centre a couple of months ago. Uh, do you know? Uh, no, uh, let's not get into this. Let's not get into this. <laughs> really not. <laughs> really not. Let's get yeah. into this. There, oh. there is a story, just going back to the size thing, about... Um, Thank God, not going back to Purple Aki. No, not going back to Purple Aki. About Michael Jordan when he was like 13 or 14 being overlooked for the county trials because he was only six foot two. Jeez. <laughs> How, t- how tall was Michael, Michael Jordan? Or uh, is Michael just, Jordan? 6'5". Uh, sure. uh, wow. Uh, oh, uh, well, excitingly, I don't know if it's definitely going to happen, but we might have a, a nice little po- uh, crossover podcast with a certain someone who used to play in the NFL soon, so we'll see if we can arrange that. Could not be more vague if you tried. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just yes. hinting. Yeah. Very. Hint- a possibility very, that something very... might be moving <laughs> towards. Yeah, it's a podcast which I'm very excited to do if we ever do it. We should get into talking about the weekend's games because we go from a weekend of international rugby that was incredible to a, I don't know, I'd, I'd classify this weekend's premiership rugby as mediocre uh, overall. Some some good games, some very good performances. Well, 20 minutes of amazing rugby. Some yeah. very exciting stuff, but yeah. Yeah, not as exciting as... We, we've been spoiled by Super Saturday in the Six right. Nations. I'm hoping for more of that. The, the tension is going to go up a notch again uh, with these European matches. Yes. Now. 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 European matches. Mm, so we, finals. We all have uh, a bit of a bias towards England teams in the, the European matches. Mm-hmm. Yep. And There you, are four of them. You will notice there are four, more than obviously any other nation. There's three... French and one... Uh, there's one from the Hobby League as well, isn't there? One Irish. Uh, all of the English teams are playing away. Okay. Which got me thinking, what kind of chance do those English... Do we have of getting one English team through? I think Bath go through. So I've... Well, just purely wow. from a statistical point of view, I've run the numbers. Oh, Ooh. here we go. Ah, this yes! Is what, this is what we love Phil for. Go on. Uh, like, you're, like, you're like the... In fact, I'm going to get this up, because you are like... Now Walter White is with chemicals and science. <laughs> That's you with numbers. You just see them. They just appear in front of you. I, I actually dropped a, a, a box of matches the, the other day, and he just instantly <laughs> said there's 205 there. I'm not Rain Man, <laughs> Go on, then. Right, so, the last ten years, what do you reckon the, uh, the percentage of away wins in the knockout stages of the Heineken Cup have been? So, there's, there's always in quarterfinals, so four a year, so we're talking about Qu- 40 matches. Uh, quarterfinals and semifinals. Okay, so... Si- so, take si- away 60 matches. 10. 60 matches, oh yeah. 60 matches over the 10 years. Mm-hmm. 60 matches, how many away wins? I'm going to I'm gonna guess that there has been... You're going through all the, all the games in your head. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon, I, I almost reckon there'd be more away win. Uh, but the semifinals, they're not neutral then. Nope. nope. No, they're not, nope. are they? They're not. And how do they come up with who's a home and who's away? Is it based seeded. on the seeded, seeded from in where the you pool, finish? In the pool stages? Twelve. Mm, yeah, about that. Twelve out of sixty, you reckon? So yeah. I, I'm going for 48 home wins. I can tell you, there's so actually... You're thinking similar, then? Uh, about that, I'd say nine, isn't that? There's actually 20 out of 40. Oh. Oh, sorry, 20 out of 60. So... One so, third. Yeah, exactly one third, 67%. Um, however, if you split it... For the, the first five years of that, and then the second five years of that, so 2005 to 2009, it was uh, 13 out of 30. So it was almost 50-50 over that period. And then the last five years, it's 7 out of 30. So wow. almost 80%, so almost 1 in 5, uh, yeah, 1 in 5 of the, the more recent matches. So you're getting a trend of the home teams being stronger. And those last five years... How many England teams 
have won away in those five years. Northampton didn't manage it when they played in Mun- Munster. Saracens, win at they won in Claremont. No, that wasn't in Claremont, was it? No, it was at Wembley, I think. Yeah. It was at Wembley when they destroyed them 46-6. That was an awesome, awesome game. I can't think of one. I can tell you there was one. Go on. And it was a travesty of justice. Leicester at Ulster. Saracens at Ulster. Saracens at Ulster. Pain, oh! Pain gate. Pain gate. So it took a full, red... I mean, so full the, circle. So in the last five years... England, England's only away victory in the knockout stages of the European Cup has been a game when there was a a red card in the first ten, of a red card in the first ten minutes. Yes, precisely. So, on that basis, on what you've just said, you would say that an English team would be defying all odds that you can come up with in recent times to get even one of the teams through. <coughs> yeah, mm. you say. So the last last five years, it's been one in five away victories, but. Uh, only one, only one England team when it's been a red card. So mm. it is unlikely. And when you look at the matchups, so Wasps travelling to Toulon. Yeah. I can't, I well can't. done, good journey. Bearing in mind they qualified through the back door. Do you know Wasps? You know, Wasps. They could be a little bit no. tricky for. To, to oh, win. they'll be tricky, but no, 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 no. I no, don't no. think they'll win. No, I think it'll be interesting to see if Nathan Hughes plays. They're pretty much faster than everyone, and they're very, very strong. I, mean, they, mm. I don't they think are... strength is something Toulon will be worried about with any team they face. Yeah, no, I guess not. But, but yeah. speed should. So yeah. I, I can't see. Andy Goode. I can't see Wasps. No, I can't see Wasps doing it. Winning I can that. see Bath winning. Bath travelling to Leinster. Yeah. Now, Leinster have been able to rest most of their uh, island players in the week. As did Bath gone. today. Mm. Yeah, Bath, Bath have rested London, quite a few. Against London Welsh. Um, so that'll be an interesting game. I think that's probably the best chance of a... In England. You don't think Saracen's got a good chance? Saracen's going to Racing. Racing, number one seed, top of the group. They absolutely destroyed Northampton home and away. Northampton, who are currently top in the... the that is true. In, interesting, just on, on the Racing Metro one, interesting the rumours circulating about Jamie Roberts signing for Harlequins. I think there's, yeah. I think there's some evil things that go on down south in the uh, in the Welsh press. I think they just make up rumours, you know, and start... <laughs> because they're so, it's so inward-looking. Uh, they've got nothing really else to talk about. I think they just keep on circulating rumours about Jamie Roberts. Well, do you not think that would be the perfect solution? Because we, uh, we've talked so many times when we talk about Harlequins, how they need a centre, a, a real quality centre, yeah. and it would completely yeah. change their, their team, as well as a couple of forwards. Jamie Roberts is a very unusual well, they, And they've got Hallwell, Adam Jones. Hallwell, Adam Jones, and Jamie Roberts. Well, Jamie Roberts is a very unusual player in that I think you need to build everything. You can't just put him into a team and say, here, Jamie, go and do X, Y, hey, Z. Yeah, but the perfect, you've got, you got Nick Evans, his power's starting to wane. Yeah. You can, it's like, we'll change the game plan, Nick. We'll, we'll just yeah. mean you just stand there, kick, and then just release Jamie Roberts. Jamie Roberts, play flat and get him. Now, the, you know why the rumour yeah, started, maybe. don't you? Nope. Because. He, Was he, he wearing multicoloured tops or something? <laughs> Seen hanging out with Hugo Munya. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It was because he's apparently looking at doing a postgraduate course at Oxford University, mm-hmm. which for me doesn't shout Harlequins. It only says one thing: London Welsh. London Welsh. <laughs> that and would that, make that's exactly sense. what London Welsh need. <laughs> yes, they do. That would really show. They that, really do need <laughs> Jamie Roberts. <laughs> really sure of that backline. Oh, do you think right. it would improve their tip? Oh, yeah, I think it probably would. <laughs> do you know, I, I still go back to this. The most hilarious comment made, maybe in all of rugby, was um, the very disingenuous statement by the group of directors of rugby that said, Whippoo, Barkley, 
Molnar and me. Who wants to play against them? <laughs> me. <laughs> I do. Experience, creative force. Yeah. What experience? Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, experience. experience. Yeah, yeah, got that bit. What creative force, though? <laughs> so, going back to the, the quarterfinals. So, you think Racing Metro are, 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 like, nailed on? I don't think they're nailed on, but I do think that Bath are the best chance of an England victory. I think... <sighs> I think I, I would give Bath more chance travelling to Leinster than I would Saracens tra- travelling to Racing. Thing I is, think. you've got to remember that down in uh, down in Saracens now, they've got men in white coats wor- working in a lab who should be, you know, developing the next cancer drug. But all <laughs> they're doing at the moment is working out strategies <laughs> and ways to beat Racing. <laughs> so do not be surprised. But then, I still think Leinster are comfortable favourites in the Bath game. Mm. I, it's England's best chance, but I still think. Leinster having that core of uh, Six Nations winning Irish players. They've got Keane Healy back. They've got Sean O'Brien back. They've got yeah. Heaslip back. They're still going to be, they're in, still gonna be favourites. Am I going to get in trouble if I say I don't think Keane Healy's that good? Yeah. Um, well, recently, I just don't... I mean, he's well, come back from injury. He's, he's only played about four games in the last I six know, months. But <laughs> everyone raves about him. And I'm like, ugh, I'm... I'm, I'm I want to see more production and less chat. You're just thinking about that drop ball in Wales's five-metre line, aren't you? Uh, well, That's the only thing you're thinking about. <laughs> One of many things. But, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, uh, <laughs> what other things? Well, I just I... think, because he's such an outgoing character, he gets a lot of me- media coverage and he looks so good. Right, you would, just... get in, you would get in trouble for that, but I actually reckon most people are going to ignore it because they'll go, no, nah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. We will get in trouble if we don't mention London Irish against Newcastle. Completely forgot to mention the game. Oh yeah, <laughs> twenty-two points to twenty-one. And your brother played. We yeah, did he... mention your brothers. Your the rugby. Oh yeah, we mentioned that. The, at the Ralph start. rugby dynasty. Yeah, we mentioned that at the start. All right, fair enough. Fine, we can move on. What was the score? Twenty-two, <laughs> twenty-one. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, Good win. Basically, a soft start from. Uh, summary is soft start from Newcastle. London Irish capitalised. They only London Irish only had three chances to score, and they scored three tries, and it was all Newcastle, and they basically shot themselves in the foot. And London Irish defended well. That's it. Okay, cool. Right. Well, no, one more thing that I just found out today. Mm. The uh, Premiership play with the worst disciplinary record of all time was playing in that game. Oh, 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 Happy Tony. Uh, was playing in that game. Oh, right. <laughs> that yeah, specific yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yes, uh, Yesterday. Um, let me have a look. Worst disciplinary record of all... Uh, that's a great... Uh, hmm. And I can tell you, 16 nope. yellow cards and two reds. Two Alagi? Nope. Alisson, no? Nope. Because I'm thinking, he must have played for a long time to be... To have that many, let's go. And I can tell you, it's a, nope. fo- it's a forward. Yeah, beca- be- because forward. because Chris Ashton equaled Dylan Armitage's record of most yellow cards for a back this weekend in ten. But What's it's a forward playing in that game. Is oh, it- wow. oh, who got the yellow cards? There was. Um- oh yes. Who is it? Oh, I think he's an amazing player, despite his disciplinary form. Here we da- go, David Pace. Correct. Oh yes. wow. Yeah, I've never got that. Yeah. Really, he's the, the worst. <laughs> the worst. Of- Six, 16 yells and two reds. Oh, God. So Do you remember so- his fight against, uh, who was it? He looked very sheepish afterwards. Played for Gloucester. Uh, Jim Hamilton. Was Jim that? Hamilton. Yeah. Mm. I remember that. <laughs> Didn't go... He, sh- he should have attacked his yeah. lack of calves. Calves. Have- yeah. <laughs> Didn't... Oh, yeah. I did not put too fine a point on it. It didn't go all his own way, did it, that fight? <laughs> really? It's not how he intended. Not how he intended. <laughs> so the, the final, the final quarter-final game that we've not discussed, Claremont-Northampton. Mm. See, I, I looked at it and I and my reaction was that could be the one English team. Do you but, reckon? Uh, no, I don't think any of them are going to go through. I think it's, I think it's going to be I four home wins. Two. I don't know which which of the French teams will lose, but I do think 
two English through. Two English. Uh, wow. Well, one team will beat a French team. Put money on two English going through. I think you get really good odds on <laughs> yeah. that, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Right. All of the home teams are will be considerable favourites going into this. And Bath definitely needs to win. Bath is too good. No. Leinster are too good. No, Bath are too good. I think Claremont, Claremont have only lost once, once at home to Leinster in 2012, whenever it was, uh, in the last God knows how many how many matches. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I can't see Claremont losing at home. I think they'll just be too good. So I'd, I'd say, unfortunately, there'll be no English teams in the, in the semi-final. Do we need to talk about the... Challenge Cup? Not really. No. Uh, it has got to the quarter-final stage as well. Let's, let's so, talk about the final. If it's any good, we'll we, we'll recap it. The games, Gloucester play Connacht. Not interested. Newport <laughs> Punk, Dranacons play Cardiff Blues. Absolutely awful. Exeter, Newcastle. That could be quite interesting. Uh, okay. Newcastle have now added Snotty Snotty to their European squad, because he wasn't in there originally. What? Remarkably. Uh, and London Irish, Edinburgh. How did they do... Th- how did they not include him? I don't. I don't know whether it was like resting him or because they want him playing every minute of the Premiership, and that's obviously the most important thing. Or so he was not... at the start of the season. Yeah. There'll, but... def- there'll definitely be one English team definitely through to the semi-finals. Uh, yes, Exeter or Newcastle, and then you've got two others playing, yeah, at, home. playing at home. Yeah, so you could have three English clubs in the, uh, in the semi-final. There, I'm not interested in this like lower like lower <laughs> league stuff at all. It doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I mean, not not so much. The final. I'll watch and that'll be interesting, but... It's like why, the... why haven't they got a game on Thursdays as well? I'm, yeah. I'm a bit annoyed There's about no that. There's no Thursday game. That's no. the only thing that, the, um, that this competition has going for it. <laughs> uh, this competition. Yeah. So, so Friday night, the only game is Gloucester Connacht. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, because not having a Friday night no. Highland Cup game? Two on Saturday, two oh, on but Sunday. Isn't, isn't oh. it Good Friday? Oh, it's a waste of an opportunity. Yeah. Hang on. There is something going on here. Um... Bath were meant to play. I think the Bath game got moved because you can't drink in Dublin on a certain day over Easter. Because uh, it's the... to do with some fairy tales which are celebrating at, at that time. Because so, of the licensing. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't know. But I think that might have been moved from the Friday. I think the... Yeah, it's 2.15 on the Saturday, the Bath there you go. game. That is why. There we go. We'll finish with it. Fact. Well, actually, actually, I, t- I, I take that fact back. I think we need to verify yeah. that as well. Particularly, um, well, I would say fact about the fairy tales, but that would might that might be a really incendiary point. Yeah, um, we should keep an open mind. Right. Welcome to the fence. Yeah, uh, I'm a, I agree with you, Tim. Op- then open mind. Let's go home. Shall we? Yeah. Perfect. Just, there's nothing else to do, is there? No. Download the Acast app, listen to the podcast on your smartphone through the app, and also iTunes, subscribe there. We will deliver every episode to you. Thanks very much. Leave your feedback uh, with iTunes reviews and all the rest of it. Just to give you a little heads up, um, the podcast might sound different over the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. because um, JB's outraged. Me and Phil have a life outside of the podcast. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's once a week, lads. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim you're going away to Greece I am uh, to fix the economy or <laughs> <laughs> among among other things yeah lend us some money I'm, um, uh, I'm in Wales this coming weekend and then travelling to I'm doing a, some rugby scouting in Vietnam for two weeks oh wow going to see Hanoi Dragons Rugby Club play and, oh, really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. just, just look them up see, I'll, I'll tr- try and get down there yeah do it if anyone if Seriously, if we have any listeners in uh, Vietnam, let me know if there's any rugby that's worth watching. Uh, Greece national rugby team. Oh, me and Jay, when we were in Cyprus a couple yeah. of years ago, had a few beers with uh, one of the uh, well, one of the Cypriot rugby clubs. Watching you, the Lions. Uh, I'm there for a bit. Crusaders, any, anyone in Greece, get yourself down. <laughs> get yourself down to the beach. Have a bit of beach rugby going on anywhere wow. in Greece. 
somewhere i'll be there i'll be there i'll, I'll be there just let me know where the game is and i'll be there well, right. i think it's, i'm traveling from north vietnam to south vietnam basically let me know and i'll see if i can i've not got any hotels booked so exactly. just, just let me know and i'll uh see if i can swing by Good shout. So it might sound different because we will be recording, hopefully, from the International Rugby Centre. But we will... <laughs> Your basement. Yes. <laughs> but the podcast will be continuing. It just, uh, yeah, just quick heads up. It will be no less brilliant, but might sound a bit different. But anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Nice one, JB. Bye-bye. Nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim. In a bit. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.